You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John. It's time for our February news recap. But before we start, I know this is an Odyssey podcast and this is a few weeks old, but I just have to talk about what might be the most objectively exciting news to happen in Christian film in the last decade. What? We're finally getting a Larry Boy movie. I did see that. That's pretty cool. Pretty yes. good. Yeah. Now, is, so the only is the thing original is, creative team of VeggieTales involved? So to answer your question, John, Phil Vischer tweeted out, there's a Larry Boy movie coming out. No one has told me about this. I am not involved in it. I have no idea who's making it. And in a later comment, he mentions he found it out on Twitter. So here's the thing. I can excuse Christian nationalism, but I draw the line at a Larry Boy movie with no Phil Vischer in it. I just feel like it's weird because when he's hasn't been involved, I don't think VeggieTales has even done particularly well. So here, well, that's the thing. He's never not been involved, if that makes sense. Like, he was the voice on the Netflix show. He came back to help write the reboot, which apparently ended last year, and I didn't hear about this. So all that they've really done about him is this podcast, the VeggieTales. And I went and listened to it. I think they're doing a Larry Boy movie because the Larry Boy sounds a little better. Than the Bob voice. Yeah. I also just think like. Look. I liked Jonah. I liked the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. Isn't that kind of your basic pitch for a VeggieTales movie? Yeah. I mean it's it's a decent pitch. But. Yes. Now I just want to know. What is this movie going to be about? Is it going to be into the Larryverse? Where we see every VeggieTales character. Larry has played. I don't want that. (laughs) Then at the end, Jim Caviezel, Willem Dafoe, and the dude from The Chosen walk out of a portal. Why Willem Dafoe? They, they've all played Jesus. Oh. he was Willem Dafoe was Jesus in The Last Temptation of Christ. No, no, no. I knew that. I thought... I'm sorry. I thought you were referring to that Super Bowl commercial. That was Mark Wahlberg and the guy from The Chosen. Well, yes. And side note, I'm guessing Mark Wahlberg is going to be Paul when we get to it, given how... This is going, but I I feel like that would be weird because I feel like I they've been pretty decent with ethnicity stuff. That's, Actually, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Are the people from the from the chosen like Jewish or like Middle Eastern at all? I have no idea. But the actor who plays Jesus is fifty. So, well, that's that's not the worst. Thing. Probably I'm sh- true. I'm sure their thought is that I, I think there's a whole thing like that they're probably like, well, is it really bel-? like I think if we cast someone who has 30, people would be like, Jesus looks too young. Well, that's like, how possible. am I supposed to take this guy seriously? Even though like that's probably part of it in reality, but also I mean people lived le- less time, so I don't know like. People living like more like thirty to forty years is the average time someone's living. If like people looked older because life was harder, like I don't know how it necessarily works. That's like how the new Napoleon movie cast Joaquin Phoenix, who's like fifty plus, when Napoleon at the time the stuff was happening was in his like twenties and thirties. 
Yeah, I know. I think people people are like, well, we can't cast someone the real age because people aren't going to like respect or believe that, you know? Exactly. So anyway, back to the Larry Boy movie. I would like to contend for a post credit scene where Bible Man shows up. And then at the end of Bible Man versus Larry Boy, we tease Novacom and Dr. Blackett is the big overarching Stop. villain. And this movie is, of course, directed by Mel Gibson, because who is the Zack Snyder of Christian filmmaking stop. more than Mel Gibson? Stop, 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 stop. Look, he's definitely, they've already not, fired... he's, he's definitely not that of Christian filmmaking. He's never mm. really made... Okay, it gets complicated. I mean, Passion of the Christ, sure. But then, like, outside of that, it's like... Hacksaw Ridge is more like a, a kind of a Christian movie. Well, aren't the Zack Snyder movies kind of superhero movies? They are. <laughs> almost everyone is. Right. All I'm saying is they've already kind of fired the James Gunn of Christian movies from the project. So we have to go with the Zack Snyder of superhero who's the, of Christian who's, movies. Oh, you mean Phil Fisher? Yes. So anyway, also, set an action scene to God's Not Dead. Okay, don't do well, that yeah, because sure. I hate that song, but... That would be funny. I always thought that the... I always thought the God's Not Dead movie should have a scene where, <laughs> like, the atheists are losing to... <laughs> Which is kind of what those movies are. Yes. To, like, like it's like... Christians win, atheists lose. That's basically what those movies are. It's like to the song God's Not Dead, He's Surely Alive. I thought that would yeah. have been very entertaining. Probably kind kind of dumb. Like I get why they didn't do it, but I was like, I'd be entertained by that scene. Yes. Anyway, moving on to Odyssey. So uh we had two podcast episodes. One was with the an interview with Molly's voice actor's mom. The second one I found very interesting because they interviewed the guy who created the AI technology for Eugene's voice. And uh, who created the, it? Don't you think it's just the guy who downloaded the AI app? Well, no, someone actually like created the technology and they interviewed him because he, because he's doing it ethically or something where he wants to make sure there's permissions. And he's not like just handing it out to anybody. So here's the funny thing. They tiptoe around <laughs> that he lives in the Ukraine this is important mm. because the episode of the podcast is called Eugene's new voice came from war torn Ukraine. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. I, I don't know if that was like an unintentional thing, but I was just listening to the episode like, wow, they're really like tiptoeing around the whole Ukraine and the war thing. Then the titles just, I wonder if they were like worried like, oh, well, we don't want to get too into it. Or, like, we don't know if, like, the bosses are going to want to, like, like, what their position is on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And then they're like, what? This guy's from the Ukraine? We're super pro-Ukraine. Put it in the title. So, yeah, anyway. Which, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's bad. I think it's good to, at, to promote the Ukraine when possible. Yeah, I totally agree. No, I, I just found just, it. I could. It could also be they're like, this is an Odyssey podcast. This isn't a war torn Ukraine podcast. But then someone in marketing was like, 
Huh? Yeah, so I maybe, maybe it was just the editing. Maybe they didn't want to talk. I, I don't think they need to stop the episode to discuss the war in the Ukraine. I just found it interesting. Anyway. Yeah. So we're moving on to the readable material this month. And we have a new bite-sized adventure that has started. So Wit, Connie, Eugene, not Eugene, Wit, Connie, Renee, and Jules are coming home from Cedar Point. But confirming we are in Ohio. The car breaks down and they have to stay at a haunted house for the night. Yeah. With some creepy bald guy there who I'm guessing is going to be some lore character. But at, at the time it ended, Jules woke up in the middle of the night to words written on the mirror in blood. But it turns out to be lipstick. And so Connie, Renee, and Jules have a room and Wit has a separate room. And they all woke up to cookies on their dresser. So I'm guessing this is going to be like some he wasn't actually a creeper thing yeah probably now they did find like a newspaper article about someone who got murdered and the person who did the murder sort of looks like the hotel person intriguing so we'll see where that goes and the monthly i did murder that person but i've changed and accepted christ but you still gotta it's like yes but you still deserve prison please get over here that's probably how it would go. But, uh, okay. Now, the monthly comic is Eugene's going to a convention. And Buck thinks Eugene needs a new sense of style. So he helps get Eugene a new sense of style. But we go to the convention, and they're all wearing vests. That's the joke. Intriguing. Hey, Paul. Okay. So on to the weekly comic where Trent and Mandy are still going to prom. It's fine. You know, it's, you know, Trent is clearly getting more and more stressed. You can tell it's, the payoff is going to be Mandy just wants to have a nice night with Trent. But yeah, of course, can I, this is less about Odyssey because I don't think it's, it's fair. It's I'm not really harping on Odyssey for doing it. I always think it's weird how like things that are really geared towards kids that are like, like what like odyssey probably like 12 or under is the demographic we're thinking yes that like we're like they're like the prom and that's like in a lot of like children's shows and i'm like is the prom that big of a deal i mean i was prom king and i don't think it was that big of a deal your friends would beg to differ but it's just like I don't know. It's I feel like it's always weird to me when like children's shows are like prom prom. And it feels like it's just they're trying to hype it up for like future. It's just because I feel like the reason people remember prom is like kind of for like unsavory reasons. That's probably true. But, but yeah, so it's you know it, it's meeting people. So you know David Mandy's brother has to drive them part of the way, and now they smell like pizza. But I think my favorite scene, because it's such a nice little nod, and I'm not entirely sure the writers did this on purpose, is when they go to the Electric Palace, and Bart Rathbone is unambiguously nice to Mandy. Here is why that is important. I think this is a callback to Bart remembers that Mandy sold her doll for money after the tornado to give to the Rathbones. And it would not shock me at all if that scene is in there. To, like, say, Bart always will have a soft spot for Mandy. Now, could the writer have just done that coincidentally? Yes. But. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good callback. Yes. 
Yeah, so <laughs> it's a good callback. Again, it's a <sighs> there's some error sucked out because we know Trent and Mandy get married. I never find prom hijinks to be that funny, like John said. And it's just it's a it, it would be like a fine middle of the road episode of the show. Yeah. So we will see it where that goes. But now on to the main event, one last treasure hunt. Molly's father brings her one last treasure hunt when she turns 12 that uncovers some deep truths about her and her father's relationship. And no, that's not the actual description. I just kind of. Yeah. So I don't think this, I think this is a fine episode. Is that it? Well, I was I was seeing how you were going to respond to it. Oh, sorry. I was pulling up the wiki page. No, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a very sweet episode. Yes, it is a little hard to feel a connection to Molly's dad when he was dead before we met him. I think it does the best job it can, right? It is like, it, like the stuff where it's like, oh, here's like your dad on a date and like here's where like he found out that like you were gonna be born and it's like i think for like a 25 minutes i think they do the best job they kind of can yeah where they actually have his voice on screen right like at times like and you have something like the truth about zachary which i think arguably like does it better but that's almost because it's like his character it's like you're viewing it in the when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Character, the problem is we know her character more. Like, yes. and it's just like, it's hard. They kind of have to set up that it's like, oh, there's some issue. And like, you you, you kind of know what it's going to be. Is like, she said something dumb to her dad in the yes. past or something. Or like, and she's like upset. And then it's like, oh, like, he was probably mad at me. Yeah, so we'll get back to that part of the episode in a second, because I have a very, very heavy thought on that. But let's start from the beginning. I think they actually could have just pulled it off with Molly doesn't want to deal with the fact that her dad died. Again, yeah. reasons we'll come back to. I mean, look, I know it's a kid show. From the minute Pullout said he had a secret case, and they make sure to mention, man, this box stayed in the tree for three years? Yeah. Yeah, like, clearly Pull House is in on this, which I liked, you know, I... This is the one thing. So I really like Molly's dad as a character because he's whimsical, but none of the adults are annoyed by him. Yeah. Like, Polehouse doesn't make snide remarks about, well, he wasn't that great outside of that, or the mom never sounds exasperated with him. Yeah. So, nice little addition. Uh, you know, we'll talk about this, but when we went to J&J &J Antiques, I thought for a minute, is this the guy who lied to them to get money for a TV and got fired, but somehow maybe he turned himself around and got rehired. I don't think I never thought it was going to be that I it's weird 
because it felt like the whole episode they were circling that he might have been a legacy character. Yes, I, I totally agree. Right? Like, and you could have had something like, I mean, I'm sure there's some kid where, like, you could argue he had, like, changed his name or, like, or, like, she took her mom's name for whatever reason. Right. I don't know. But, like, it's so weird because it's like, oh, we go to JJ Antiques and I work there and we go to Tom Riley's farm and we go to Wonderworld and we go to, like, and Jason's there. And it's so weird, right? Because we're just circling all this legacy content that they don't often bring up. This is true. And it's a fun romp, like, for an uh, old school Odyssey fan. But it is weird because you're like, oh, is like I thought, like, is this going to be like Digger Digwello who's like passed or something? Yeah, see, right. I actually thought the whole episode is this going to be Lawrence. Yeah, it could be that or someone like that. Right. Now, I also understand the slight depression of, oh, this kid is dead. Yeah. But. No, and so here's the thing. Another, I realized about halfway through, it's probably not a legacy character. Because, I kind of figured that too, but. Right. Well, also because there's a, a plot point is Molly never went to Wit's End. Now, why the dad never took her to Wit's End is a little questionable now that we know this stuff about him. But, like, why, what legacy character would not have gone to Wit's End? Wit's End's always funny when it's like, it, it's the whole thing, right? Is Odyssey a huge town or a small town? Where it's like, Sometimes it's a small town where it's like, oh, yeah, we all went to Wonderworld. And it's like, if you went to Wonderworld, you probably went to Wit's End. Yeah, exactly. Or is it, like, so big that it's like, well, there is, like, an Odyssey crowd. And there's also, like, a Wonderworld. Like, it's, like, right? It's, it's yeah. like, is Odyssey a town of, like, 5,000 people? Or is it a town of, like... 40,000 or like 50,000 right. or something. I was gently waiting for the dad to say on the tape recorder, I wanted to take you to Wits End when you were the right age. When you were old enough to eat ice cream. Yeah, right. Th th yeah, so it th that's just an interesting wrinkle. And I don't think it's that important. I don't think they thought about that. But if they, if they really have lived in Odyssey this whole time, yeah, it's a little strange that this whimsical father figure never went to Wits End. Yeah. So. Um, I think it, I think the episode, like, right, it hits the needed emotional punches. Bunch of done memory lane. I think, you know, I think the thing kind of like, oh, she got mad. And it's like the whole thing where it's like, right, we tried to keep it from you for as long as possible. Like that your father was sick. It's like, I get that. But it's also like. If he was that sick where he's, like, basically, like, unable to, like, do stuff, it's, like, it does seem intriguing that they didn't try I, to tell her yeah. sooner. Yeah, so that that was actually my thing. So, I kind of feel like we could do a whole Odyssey episode about Molly having some trauma from this, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where I thought it was going a little bit, right? Like, I thought the episode was maybe going into, like, she's just really sad and doesn't want to, like, deal with the right. fact that her father's dead. 
right? Well, actually, a better reveal, as opposed to I said something stupid to my dad, would have been she's still upset at her parents for keeping it a secret for so long. Right. Like, she could have viewed it as, like, I could have been, like, you know, there's, right, there's a lot of interesting ways they could have taken it. Yeah, so I guess that was just my thing. Like, I understand it, it varies from kid to kid, but the way they make it sounds like they told her at the last possible minute, maybe that's just me. But that would just be like, oh, this would be an interesting parent-child dynamic to dive into a little bit. Yeah. I think... Yeah, no, I agree. But I think it's like, I think that's a whole other can of worms they'd have to open up. I don't think they can yeah. really do that justice in, like, one part. That's probably true. I think, to me... And this doesn't ruin the episode, but I found it so dumb... Is that at the end of the treasure hunt, the reward, land. <laughs> yes. Land okay. is eternal, like the love of God. I'm surprised they didn't say that. Um, okay. So. I, I've got a lot of thoughts here. Uh, one I guess I'm glad Tom's sister is willing to sell the land in parts. Yeah. Two, it sounds like this was kind of a primo piece of land if there was a bench there. <laughs> Increased property value for the bench. Well, I'm just saying that well, probably was a if nice it was place. a retreat center, I'd assume there was probably a lot of benches here and there. Right. I don't it does know. make I, you I just wonder it... if it's really not a retreat center anymore. What happened to the uh, shepherds? The shepherds. I that should be an episode. Like it's like they moved their whole life to like work at this retreat center, and it's like oh, it's not a retreat center anymore. I'm sure the implication is the shepherds have left. Yeah. But it would be kind of a funny episode of Molly just hanging around one day and they like walk out of the woods or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's like so one, I can't tell did the mom know that the father had bought the land? Well, no one acts like this is a surprise to them except for the girl. So you know what? I'll give the dad that. If he ran it by the mom, I kind of appreciate that. He bought me land? Right, because like, I feel like any parent, normal parent would be like, he did what? If they didn't know. Yeah, it's just like, we it's just like funny to me. Like, <laughs> it's like such a thing that no kid would get. And it's like, I yeah. get it's supposed to be like, right? Like, what could be this cool thing that he got for her that wasn't just like my continuous love? Right, like, what could be something symbolic of that? And there, someone in the thing was like, "Land." They were like, "What?" They right. could. She, he bought her some of Tom Riley's land. Yeah. So I do want to say, I was curious if the web quest was going to be some company that sells plots of land. It is not. This is not it's like just, that. Buy a square foot. So in like, things. it sounds like it's such like a america sort of thing 
Yeah, so I, I guess here's the thing. The episode ends with, you know, the mom saying, I won't invade your personal space, but she wants to have a picnic there, which I think is their way of implying we won't just have Molly run here and, like, do drugs or something. Yeah. So, I will be curious, though. I hope this plot of land shows up a few more times. It, it could be interesting, right? But, like, I don't think it will ever hear. I mean, maybe... Right. Hey, let's go to my plot of land, fellow kids. <laughs> Maybe that's where the new kids bro is. What we need a kid with some land. What wit? It's like what we need. What kid owns land? Wit. Oh, I know one. <laughs> it's like transition music. You want to use my land? <laughs> What's more likely, honestly, is that's the land where the Novacom Tower was. <laughs> that would be actually really funny, but really bad. It's like, what's this old dilapidated tower? <laughs> and I mean, why like, are they... Who's... Someone's messing with the tower. The, oh. a, another, like, equipment starts rising from the ground. <laughs> that would be great. Because I think, I, I seem to recall at the end of the time they said it was an acre. And although an acre isn't huge, you could believe Mo that wasn't, like, maybe immediately noticeable. Yeah. It's like they go, there's a whole episode where Novacom, like, secretly buys stuff from Tom Riley's bar. And it's like, we got the land. It's like, wait a minute. They sold some of this already. And that's where we needed our stuff. Exactly. Like, honestly, that kind of sounds right, doesn't it? Except it's a club episode. I know, but eh, that's true. I, though I could see like something where it's like, but Novacom owns all of Tom Riley's old land. Wait, not a, or Jason probably or, or Paul yeah. House. Probably would be Paul House would actually be there. It's like not all the <laughs> land. Well, because remember, Connie Wint and Eugene also have an acre from that episode where they do the play. Yeah. I guess I could imply they sold it, but actually, that's a good, huh? You know, I hadn't thought about what's happening to Eugene's land now. Maybe that's where Buck and Jules move after they get married. Got a nice little acre, one small acre. An acre is not very big. It's, I mean, eh, it's a decent size on Tom Riley's farm. <laughs> That's some bad Odyssey fan fiction right there. Four acres of something. I guess an acre isn't that bad, but... I mean, if you're building a little cabin, I would assume it's pretty nice. Yeah. So, but yes, the ending of Land, very funny. I did check the web quest. They don't really have one this month. In the sense that usually there's like a video, there's not one. The big Go thing is Go discover like, some land you'd like to inherit. <laughs> oh my. No, so it's really just a lot of like links to their other printouts. So it's, you know, here's the verses to read. Here's a word search. Here's a map of Odyssey. Here's, here's the birthday party kit. Yeah. So, eh, it's, you can tell it was like, we need an episode, but we can't really tie this one into anything. So, yeah. 
But anyway, I think that wraps up this episode. Join us again for what will hopefully be an out, some normal episode recaps. We're getting there, I promise. I'm done with grad school in June, so I'll have a little more time. But Yeah. Yes, and for the March episode, which will probably be the start of that Chariots of Fire thing. So. She'll be interesting. That'll be, be a summer thing, I don't know. Anyway, I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time.